Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast, episode number 105. Fredo Esparza here. Today we are going to recap or just give out some thoughts on the two big shows from this past last weekend, which were Homenaje a Dos Leyendas from CMLL on Friday, March 15th, and the following day on a Saturday, March 16th, AAA's Rey de Reyes. Both had um, some news on them while... I thought they were both good shows. Um, each had some interesting things going on in their main events. Um, one wasn't as bad as the other one, although I think the 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 one that got more um, more of a reaction was probably like I don't know. I think it made everyone forget the other one because the other one was so bad. But you know, we'll be talking about that. We'll also have part two of the Superboy interview uh, this time around. He's actually going to be talking about. Um, his AAA match that was actually televised back in, I think, 1993 or 94, somewhere around that time period, where he teamed up with Capitan Oro against um, Luis Piccoli and, of course, Vandal Drummond. Yes, Vandal Drummond made AAA television. I think that's his one televised match in his entire pro wrestling career um, in the United States. Or I think he made a few appearances in Japanese television, but not wrestling. Um, he might have taken a bump. Um, also, um, Superboy will talk about um, some of the more local luchadors, how his dad got into wrestling, his dad, of course, being El Moro. Um, he actually is one of the guys who actually started the, the local Los Angeles, Southern California rest, Lucha Libre scene. Um, we'll also, he'll also be talking about drug use in wrestling. Not, I mean, I think it's a combination of the, the horrible drugs that we, we hear about, but also some of the, you know... Some of the, you know, some of the drugs that were back in the early 90s that maybe now we wouldn't really like, you know, they're banned substances now, basically, in sports. But they weren't things that really people thought of as being these these drugs that were, you know, you know, they weren't the same as the way people thought of cocaine or anything like that. Just, you know, stuff to like get you going, get you wired. And also, he'll also tell us a story about a luchador who whose other job was a coyote uh, basically he was somebody who would smuggle in people across the border um, he has a really funny story about that and so you'll have to tune in for that 
part two of the Superboy interview. But before we get to that, I will talk about the CMLL show that was Homenaje a Dos Leyendas. Just give you a, a quick update on what's been going on with CML because they actually had a couple of other news newsworthy events happen the fall the week that followed. Um, but we'll start with Dos Leyendas. I, like I said, I thought it was a good show. Um, main event was awful, as but I think I think everyone expected that. I think those of you did it that didn't expect it to be awful had a little bit more of a hope that it would end up being slightly better, but it turned out not to be that. It's It was just one of those matches where it needed a lot just to get to be a, a passable match, and it ended up just having a really horrible finish. Um, very unfortunate, too, with El Terrible. And, you know, it just it just was a bit a, a major letdown. But I think, for the most part, everyone kind of, like, was expecting that. But the rest of the card was actually pretty good. I didn't think anything was bad on, on the undercard. Best match on the show, I, without a doubt, was the semi-main event. Um, the opener had Hijo del Viano Tercero, Pulvera, Evangelist beating Aldaz, Esfinge, and Triton. I thought this was a, a good opener, a good way to open the show with Aldaz and Hijo del Viano 3 actually finally getting to show something in a match with guys more of his size with Aldaz and Triton. Triton hit the Valiente special. You know, it's kind of funny he does that, but it's like it get kind of gets lost at certain points. But he actually does it really well, that spot. There's a handful of guys that do it now. Uh, when, when when Valiente was first doing it, it was basically just him. But the last couple of years, there's, I think there's about, I know there's a couple of guys in AAA that do it as well. As well but um, I thought this was an, an, a good opener. Uh, Aldaz was awesome. You know, you, Pulver, Pulver, I feel bad for Pulver just because he kind of, he's stuck in no man's land now. He was, not that he wasn't already stuck in no man's land, but now he's like, whatever is after no man's land, he's even more stuck in that. Just like before heading into no man's land, he's in that point, at that point now, because, you know, the revolucionarios, Dragon, Dragon Rojo Jr. is always hurt. And they've never, they never were able to find a third partner um, ever since Bobby Zavala got fired. But, you know, it's unfortunate for him. He's, He's um he's I actually think he's pretty good, um, especially against the smaller guys like Titan and and Audaz. He, he looked good in this match. Um, Hijo Viano Tercero, I think he's someone that that CML should be like building up, nurturing, you know, trying to find a way to like make him look good, and putting him against Cranio and those guys are it's you know certain or teaming up with Viano for it's. It's something that works at certain at a certain level, but he's got to work against better workers, just to keep improving. Guys, his size also, you know, Audaz, Titan, um, Dragon Lee, guys like that. I think he's got to. I, I hope he. I hope they do a little more with him. Um, after that match, we had the the micros, Microman, Atomo, and El Gallito beating Chamuel, Mije, and Zacharias. Um, I thought it was a good match. Um, when Microman and Chamuel are in the me- in the match, it was awesome. When anybody else was in the match, it kind of like dropped down. Gaito was still able to carry his his side of the of things, and you know, me and and Zacharias are more they're more character based um, wrestlers. So you basically know they're not going to do a lot of stuff that um, that Chamuel can do. Chamuel's 
Chamuel and Microman were busting out submission holds in this match. So I think he, I think Chamuel put Microman in La Bicicleta at one point, which, you know, you don't really expect that from, for, first of all, from Chamuel to be able to like do that move and then Microman, Microman just being a lot like able to like do it because there's, there's only so many things you could do with them. We still have not gotten Mije putting Microman in La Tapatilla. One of these days, Mije will pull it off. Um, I have faith that he will do it. Atomo was awful. Um, he tripped so many times. I felt bad for him, but you know, honestly, he's there's only so much you could get out of him. Um, I think that's been the biggest weakness in these micro matches because they keep doing them two out of three falls. Um, they could always just do a long one fall mat, uh, one fall match. You know, 10, 12 minutes. I think that would be fine. Ten or even fifteen minutes, but just one fall because these guys have to come up with with a. A variety of finisher finishes for two or three falls same thing happens with the women and the minis they end up, and actually the guys too where they're just kind of coming up with like usually you just have to come up with really you could you have to come up with anywhere between three to six finishes in a match if it goes three falls so you know there's there's not there's not between these guys the the minis and the women, they, they struggle at that. And then, you know, the longer they're in there, you look start noticing the, the crowd kind of starts to lose interest when it's not Microman and Chamuel in the ring. Um, especially Microman, if he's not in the ring, then they kind of get upset. But Microman was awesome doing a couple of dives in the match. Uh, he's, he's, he's one of the better, he's one of the better CML wrestlers. Um, Chamuel is awesome. I, I think, I think he's, I think he's way better than, than um, we ever expected as far as, anything coming out of this um, micros division. I hope CML kind of finds a way to find more of these guys because they they gotta get they gotta get Atomo out of there and they gotta they gotta start thinking about replacing Mihan and and Zacharias, not have them exposed so much. Uh, but like I said, it was a good match. The third match was Diamante Azul Soberano Jr. Titan beating Mephisto Efesto and Templario. This was good. Um I think, I think Diamante Su was probably like the only weak link on the on this match, uh, and he still, you know, he he wasn't that horrible. He just he just did his power moves, but he was hidden enough. I think he's kind of he's kind of like given up on on like keep working on his body because he kind of looks like he's gotten a little chubbier. Um, Templario was awesome against Titan and Sobrano Jr. Mephisto Efesto, you know, they held their own, so I thought it was a good match. After that, we had a match between Rudos versus Rudos as the Nueva Generación Dinamita, Sansón, Cuatrero, and Forastero beat Barbara Carvernario, Gilbert, El Boricua, and the returning Nero Casas. And it was great to see Nero Casas back in action. Um, he was good. He hasn't lost a step. He's still freaking awesome. And the best part of it was how he just came up with ways, like the, the, the finish of the match. He basically sold his knee. And just to get out of the out of the match, so the other guys could do a little more, you know, their chance to shine, and um, and to lose also. So um, they ended up losing, and you know, I thought Dinamitas looked solid. Forastero versus Carvernario was really good. You know, Forastero's kind of starting to like. I think he's really. I think he's starting to be the one of the better workers in CMLL. Um, I think he's better than Sansone at this point. I think just because Sansone is more of a. He's got more personality. He's got more charisma. So I think he's kind of he can use, he can he can use that and he'll be fine working h- higher on cards in CMLL. But 
you know, Forastero, he's he's kind of developed into a really good worker. Um, I really like all three. I thought this was Gilbert's best match in CMLL, but still, you know, I don't think we're ever going to see um, the best of Gilbert. You know, we're not going to see the, the 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 Messias from the past or or Mil Muertes from Lucha Underground. I think that's pretty much gone as far as seeing that in CMLL. Um, the the semi main event was the Guerreros Laguneros. Ultimo Guerrero, Grand Guerrero, and Euphoria beating Caristico, Volador Jr., and Dragon Lee to retain the CML World Trios titles. I thought this was a a really good match, um, a high-end Guerrero's Laguneros match. The technicals were awesome. I think everybody figured they weren't going to be able to beat the... Well, you know, you never know with the Guerrero's Laguneros because they, they could always drop a belt and then just get it back at some other time. But I think the way the they're positioned with the technicals already all having titles at that point. And I think right now, I think Ultimo Guerrero might be the only one that has a belt. I think Grand Guerrero might have one besides the CML World Trios titles. You know, honestly, in CML, these guys bring out so many titles. Dragon Lee's bringing in titles that he doesn't even, that aren't even um, from the promotion. So, you know, who knows? But I thought this was an excellent match. Just a fun match from start to finish. And, you know, you pretty much... If you've seen these guys go at it, you pretty much know it's going to be good. Um, I think that's the only thing. Like, I kind of wish there were like a different co- combinations that they could put against these guys. But you know, I'm I'm okay with that because well, they were going to have Phoenix and uh, Penta in this, but you know, we know how that all worked out. Um, but you know, I thought Caristico and Dragon Lee were were suitable replacements, especially because they already know how to work with the girls Laguneros. Um, so I thought it was a, a, a really good match. The main event. Alge de Oro and Niebla Roja beat Terrible and Bestia del Ring in a hair match. Uh, this match, basically the first couple of falls were very similar to what you get from these two tag teams, um, especially Bestia and Terrible. Um, I think everybody was hoping Terrible was going to be get the majority of the match and maybe pull out a miracle and make this a, a good match, but it didn't work out that way. The third fall, you know, they, they came up with the idea of having Bestia del Ring pin Niembla Roja, he was the first one out. Fortunately, Angel de Oro was eliminated Bestia right away. I guess they, I don't know, I'm guessing they wanted to get at least a couple more, at least maybe six, seven minutes more out of Angel de Oro and Terrible as singles match. Unfortunately, that didn't happen because Angel de Oro ended up, um, when he did a tope suicida at Terrible, um, Terrible um, dislocated his shoulder. And this is where the match just completely fell apart. They had, um, first they had La Comandante grab Angel de Oro while Terrible was rolling around in pain on the, on the floor. So Bestia del Ring, instead of going towards that, in that direction, he saw that his partner was in pain. So he went over and was re- trying to relocate his, um, his shoulder. And uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to. But Comandante kept holding on to, to Angel de Oro. Bestia del Ring got up and attacked him. And then we saw um, Tirantes take a turn, try to um, fix Terrible's shoulder. Then the doctor came out and tried to help him out. Then you had Ra- uh, Rambo come out to like distract by tossing out La Comandante and restore order. It just it just became an absolute mess of a finish. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, Terrible, um, his his shoulder wasn't able. He wasn't able to fix it, um, despite Tirantes trying nonstop to get it back in there. Um, you could see that he was unable to do it. And then you kind of had Angel de Oro 
like staring at him, trying to figure out how he could pin him because he couldn't do, he couldn't do La Campana or La Mecedora or anything like that. So um, I think he ended up doing a, a, a Scorpion Deathlock uh, for the win. Uh, and, you know, they won. They, they were happy with it. I think people keep asking me what they, what, what, what they thought, how these guys would have reacted. Honestly, these guys, I think that the, that's what fans don't get. These guys do so much. They have so many matches and stuff that they don't, they're indifferent to it. Um, some guys are indifferent to it. Other guys kind of get very, you know, sensitive about it. But I think for the most part, um, unless it's something like when LA Park, uh, when Cibernetico took that, that bump off him really badly, unless it looks really bad, uh, and depending on the person, they they're not they're gonna just move on to the next thing, and I, that's kind of like what it came off like. Um, they did cut their hair, and then they ended up getting their heads shaved at, in the back. But uh, we did get to see Terry Blake cut a lo- all his long locks of hair um, at the end. Um, you know, it was a it was an, a, a it was a, a a bad finish, bad main event to a pretty good show and you know the good thing is like we didn't pay for it honestly we're i don't think anyone anyone's gonna i think that's also why a lot of people aren't gonna get too worked up about it we didn't pay for it as a night pay-per-view for whatever reason cml decided to make this a show that would be available for free only they didn't actually air it live they actually aired it the following day i think it was like like in the afternoon i can't remember because they said they were going to post it late at um late at night but they had to, of course, they had to edit out the the women dancing, and I think they had to do. I think they they changed something, and one of the they edited something else out of the, out of the show. Um, the other thing that happened on the show was um right after I think the third, I think it was right after the third, the second or third match, they actually honored Blue Demon, um, Blue Demon and Salvador Luteroth. Um, Blue Demon's son was there. They had Tenoch Huerta. The actor who played Blue Demon in the Blue Demon TV series, he also played Rafael Caro Quintero in Narcos. For those who don't know or haven't watched Narcos, if you haven't watched Narcos and you're into like dramas, you should watch it. Uh, it's a good show. He was there. He did an interview, and like Julio Cesar Rivera made it seem like everybody watched Blue Demon the TV series, and the way these this crowd reacted, I think it basically the only people who watched that show. Were the Cubs fan and myself, because these people did not react to the to him at all. They actually booed it at towards the end. I, some people reported the booing. I don't think the audio was loud enough for us to hear. I think that might have been what they edited it a bit out a bit. Um, I did hear the whistling for Sofia Alonso when she was walking to the ring, and it wasn't whistling like um, like negative whistling. It was more um, like you know guys um, guys um, guys noticing her how well she looked. Uh, but you know, then after once that happened, it just went a little bit quiet, and you you could kind of hear the people kind of um, you could hear the opposite, the the other whistling, the the whistling about they're bored and they want to move on. Um, I thought it was a nice little ceremony that they did. Um, they gave out the the plaque, and they also had um the Erecanes dressed as um Blue Demon, and they also had a fake Blue Demon, which I believe I think um the Observer mentioned that it was for Estero dressed as Blue Demon. And then it was later on, um, what was it? I think somebody else mentioned something else. Oh, they mentioned that he was also fake Sombra, which uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, bring back fake Sombra and, and and fake Blue Demon and form a team. I think that would be awesome. It'd be better than watching Bestia of the Ring, honestly. Uh, but, you know, I thought it was a good show. Like I said, I hated the main event. Um, 
We could we could pretend that never happened, but the rest of the card was good. Uh, other news, that same night, Rush beat Bandito at Ring of Honor's 17th anniversary show in Las Vegas. Um, I heard it was good. You know, you're going to have them wrestle each other. One of them's going to have to win. The other one's going to lose. They decided to go with Rush winning. And um, I don't know. I mean, I think both these guys, they could have got a little more mileage out of them building up to their uh, first singles encounter. But, you know, it's it was fine. Um, I haven't seen the match, unfortunately, since I don't, I don't really watch Ring of Honor. There's too much lucha for me to watch. I mean, and we'll get to it. Obviously, this show and Ray there Ray is, and I actually watched the one of the matches from the Tuesday show, and then I watched some MDA matches. So, um, sorry, Ring of Honor, I could not watch it. Um, also announced for Ring of Honor, though, Caristico and Soberano Jr. will be heading to Ring of Honor for their April shows on the 13th and the 14th. Uh, this is Caristico's first appearance for Ring of Honor and his first, um, I think this is the first high-profile prof- um, non-lucha show for Caristico in the United States. Uh, he's wrestled on a lot of lucha shows, and I think he's wrestled a couple of, um, I think Pro Wrestling Revolution has had him as well. I know he was here for UIPW a couple of years ago, and... Um, <laughs> Uh, people were very upset because he didn't want to sign. Um, he didn't want to sign autographs for his um, mask. Um, but you know, we we got Volador Jr. to talk to us, so that was cool. Uh, but you know, this should be interesting. I want to see what. I wonder what Caristico. The reaction will be for Caristico, just because um, the last time a lot of these fans saw him was when he was seeing Cara. Um, so Brano Jr. The last time a lot of these fans saw him, <laughs> you know, on a Ring of Honor show, uh, he wrestled. I think Punishment Martinez and. I heard that wasn't very good. Um, so hopefully they give them better opponents this time. Um, the LA Park has been in has been um, in Puebla shows. He was on the the Dos Leyenda show for Puebla this past Monday, where they honored Salvador Luteroth and um, um, Estrella Blanca in Guadalajara. They honored Américo Roca along with Salvador Luteroth. Um, but LA Park was in. Puebla, I, I, he was there for that show, and then he was he was booked again for a return appearance. Um, I think this is a good way for CML to use um, LA Park. I mean, if you don't, if you're if you want to draw more people to shows and stuff, I think the next stop will be Guadalajara, and then bring them back to the to the Arena Mexico. Um, I'd be curious if they would use them for a Tuesday, or I think they've used them for a Sunday show, but uh, maybe some of the other shows be kind of interesting. Um, I know he's working for MLW as well, so and he's getting U.S. bookings and you know some bigger bookings. But I think that's the way you're going to use him if you're going to bring him for CMLL. Um, make it something a little different. Make him make him mean a little more by not having him on every single Friday show. Uh, Mr. Niebla made his way back to CMLL. Uh, big big return. The highlight, of course, uh, this is Mr. Niebla, of course. So his first return match in CMLL, his pants slipped down off they fell down you know they slipped um i think he said the belt buckle loosened or something or the belt loosened and his pants fell well i think he was he said he was wrestling caristico or mystico i don't remember i didn't watch the match um i've had my fill of mr niebla matches he you know it's it, he talked about how he dealt with depression after he got um suspended for, by cmll um and he had help from his friends family um the indie promoters that brought him to shows fans um, and he said he was able to recover and he's doing, he was able, 
he did well. He didn't know if he was ever going to come back to CMLL, and he was very happy to be back. Um, and of course, like he said, typical Mr. Niebla, he has a, one of those embarrassing moments that aren't so embarrassing because he is Mr. Niebla, and you kind of expect this sort of thing to happen. Um, yeah, and, you know, he, he, you know, that's the thing. Like a lot of people often ask why he's constantly given second chances, third chances, fourth chances. I think this is probably his, his 10th chance with CMLL. And um, honestly, it's because he's a, he's, a, he's a pretty nice guy. You know, he's an easygoing guy. Um, you know, the, the, times I've, the, the time I talked to him, he was really nice to me. So, you know, I can't, I can't really knock him. And I've heard a lot of people say he's, a, he's actually a pretty easygoing guy. Um, the other thing that Mr. Niebla mentioned was that while he was away from CML, um, the other side, the promotion from the other side, which for all of you that don't know what AAA is called, in CMLL world, in the CMLL world, it's the other promotion, the other side. Um, th those are really the two terms that they they use most often. And apparently, he talked to AAA and he said that never nothing really came about it uh, out of it. But he did talk to them. Uh, would have been interesting if they would have brought him in. Um, and you know, a lot of people are thinking, you know, why would you bring him in? He's a he he's he's an attraction. He's somebody that actually fans still really want to see. You know, it's it's one of those weird things where I think us some fans can't separate, you know, a guy being a good worker to a guy being somebody who's actually um just a guy who people, you know, he's just a draw, you know? That's and that's what he is. He's he's people wanna see him. Um Fans dress like him. Fans go to shows to see him. So you know, I think it, it, it's it's a risk worth taking for AAA if they if they were in, trying to get him in. Um, I think there's there's a certain loyalty from the older guys in CMLL to CMLL just because uh, it's if you stay with CMLL, it's basically a job for life. And you see a lot of guys who have been there since like who've never left. And they've been there, like Ultimo Girl has been there since 1997, I think, or 98. So that's about, what, 20, 22 years? That's a long time. So, you know, that's why these guys aren't, aren't so quick to leave CMLL. Um, and when, when you do, you, you hope if your career doesn't pan out or you do well and you, you're, you want to end in a, on, a, on a, you know, you know, stay at home, live nearby or, you know, get easier, have an easier schedule, then you... You hope you, you could come back. Um, the other big match th from CML this past week was on Tuesday. Dragon Lee won the CML World Welterweight title from Mephisto um, on the Tuesday show. And it was a good match. I didn't think it was great. I just thought it was good. I thought the Titan match that Mephisto had last year was far better than this one. I just thought the first two falls were really just skippable. And then like the third fall I thought was good. But I just thought it wasn't. I just didn't think it was as good as the Titan match. Um, but he won, um, something Titan didn't do, which, you know, whatever, but, um, you know, the, the, I thought, you know, the Dragon Lee's, Dragon Lee now holds two titles in CMLL, and I kind of hope that he vacates the lightweight title, because I really think the lightweight title, um, I was going to do a, li I was going to do a, a, a write-up on the, like, 10 things I would change in CMLL, and one of the things was I would have Dragon Lee vacate the title so he could just be a, move up to welterweight, because, that's really the glamour division in, in CMLL, um, being a welterweight. That's where you have Nero Casas, Mephisto, Volador Jr., Sobrano Jr., Caristico, 
Um, some of these guys move up to middleweight or light heavyweight. You know, they, they don't really keep track of this stuff, but that's really the, the, but when you're looking at the main guys, that's where it's Carvinario's in that, in that division. And I thought Dragon Lee should move into that division and give the lightweight division more to like smaller guys, Aldaz, or newer guys, Aldaz, Templario, um, even though Templario at some point is going to be a welterweight or a middleweight. Um, Viano 3, Hijo of Viano 3, Super Astro Jr. There's so many guys. Halcón Suriano Jr. You know, just to like build them up and elevate them. Uh, it, and also make it a title that kind of isn't in the bottom of the card. Maybe like like, like if you could move it up like to like the fourth match or the fifth match, I think that'd be fine. And some of those, maybe give those guys one shot at being, a couple of shots at being higher on the card. I think that would be kind of cool. But, you know, Dragon Lee now has two titles. Um, like I said, I hope he does give up the lightweight title. Virus is in that division also. We haven't seen anything from Virus in a long time. But um, that's it for CMLL. Uh, up next, part two of the Superboy interview. Um, this was, of course, recorded separately. There's still a third part that will be coming up. And the third part is actually going to be... Uh, um, it's going to have an, uh, one of my favorite stories. Uh, so stay tuned to this second part and the third part coming up in the following podcast. Um, and after this... After this um, Superboy's interview, I will run down Triple A's Rey de Reyes and uh, just some of the latest news, including Hijo Fantasma quitting Triple A and much more. Uh, you know, I never see. I just seen it recently. The match with you and Spicoli, me and Capitan. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is such a great match. <laughs> I was so and, yeah. just, and thank you guys because you guys carried me through that. And it no, really no, but me. dude, your selling was awesome. And I'll be honest, I'll be honest, I didn't really think much of that match at the time. You really don't, you know. Mm-hmm. If you know, for me, it was just another match. Uh, you know, go out there and have fun. You know, yeah. that was my motto: go out there and have fun. And I remember, you know, just having fun. And I was watching it, and we we got. Good, good compliments from the announcers. Uh, we got a good acceptance uh, from the people, and it was a good match. I had so much fun doing that match, and I, I agree. I thought it, I thought it was good too. It was really- yeah, yeah, and I, I barely, I barely saw that match. I never seen that wow, match before. Really? I, yeah, I, saw, I found it on YouTube or somebody posted it. Somebody, yeah. and I seen it. I go, oh my god, it was a really good match. That was and they, they were time. putting uh, Spicoli over pretty much that yeah. time because you mm-hmm. know he was doing the gimmick uh, for for Triple A before, right? Yeah, because yeah, what, what, what the yeah, plan but... was the plan at the time was to have him team with Chris Candido and have them be uh, the Suicide Blondes, which mm-hmm. sadly is an ironic uh, name for both of them. Uh, yeah. In the you know, yeah. But uh, no, Spicoli, uh, he he was a he was a. He was, a, he was a natural worker. Oh yes, you know? I loved working with him. Mm-hmm. I love. I don't know. Um, uh, you know, I the way I, I think about it is like we were we were like the class of nineteen ninety something. You know, mm-hmm. and and not not from the same from from, di- from different places. You know, mm-hmm. Spicoli coming from San Bernardino. Uh, him, uh, Bobby Bradley. I, I, I didn't know who Bobby Bradley was, or mm-hmm. Louis Spicoli, or none of these guys. And when we got to work, we just clicked, and it, and it seemed like we've been, you know, together, you know, throughout this journey, yeah. you know, and and we would meet everywhere I would go, you know, we would kind of meet, you know, here and there, and it was awesome, and it was awesome, you know, it was just a shame, you know, he was such a talented kid. 
I remember uh, in 1997 um, when me and my father were promoting, mm-hmm. um, uh, he just uh, left ECW. Mm-hmm. I get this phone call, and it's Luis Macaulay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes, hey, what's up, brother? How you doing? I heard you're promoting. I go, yes. Uh, well, what do you think if I, you know, come over? Oh, most definitely. So I said, yeah, whenever you want to come, just come on down and let me know. Uh, I'll book you. And uh, I, I, that was like maybe Monday. The following Monday, I seen him on Nitro. Oh yeah, that early '98 is yeah. when it was. Yeah, yeah early '98 because was it early '98. Yeah, because he was on Nitro and he did that really great performance. Yes, and then just uh, three a few days later, uh, died from. Yeah, because he's going to be on, yeah. on Thunder. I think. That's right. Yeah, yes. he's going to be on Thunder. Yeah. That's yes. and he was part of the NWO. They were just yeah. starting to push him. Yeah. 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 And then when I heard about it, I was heartbroken, and I just couldn't believe it. I yeah, it was a shocker. Yeah. I, I guess. Uh, you know, people who knew him saw it coming. Apparently, mm. he he, which was ironic because when he got into the business, uh, um, I don't even think he drank at the time. He didn't get high, and, but I think when he got injured for the first time, he started taking the somas, and oh, it was downhill from there. Do, do somas were not yeah. killing a lot of people back exactly. then. Exactly. You know, and, and that's one of the things that I never got into. Um, you know, uh, it was strange because I would do a lot of TJ shows, and mm-hmm. and I consider myself to be in good physical shape. Mm-hmm. I have a, I had a, a great conditioning, mm-hmm. and I would go down there, and towards the end of the matches, these guys were going like they just came in, and I remember them saying, "Oh, it exploded, Echale papa." I go, what the fuck? It just exploded, you know? I didn't know. I was so naive. I'll be honest. I was so naive. I didn't know nothing of, of that sort. And then, uh, and I just seen him go boom, boom. And I, by this time, I was tired, you know? And I had, I was, I was fit back then. And I, I, until I told my dad, I go, hey, dad, you know what? Uh, these guys, you know, they don't get tired. You know, it's the end of the match. I'm tired. And these guys are going at it like they just caught in. And I heard one of them say, oh, hey, Charlie, you know, it just exploded. Yeah, Miss Oh, he goes, we're taking some kind of pills or something. And, you know, you take the pill, and when the pill makes an effect, you feel like a pop in the body. Oh, And that just gives you energy, you know. It just, oh. it gives you energy. Well, I remember uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I was hurt. And I was given Vicodin, mm. and I was I would take them once I got to work, but you know, thinking, oh my God, I might fall asleep on the wheel if I take it. It did just the opposite. Oh, wow. It amped me up, and it was almost scary because I understand why people get addicted. Because one, it killed the pain. Oh yeah, beautifully oh, killed yeah. the pain. But it also had me working my butt off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know other people have different effects, but uh, you know, and also amphetamines, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, in the or. or- Early nineties, cocaine a lot. No, too. ephedra. They were oh selling, yes, that was really popular. The, yes, they were selling those diet pills with ephedra. Yeah, yeah. I remember a friend of mine gave me a little. He goes, "I'll oh, take one, take one a day, you know. Take it in the morning, drink a lot of water." Dude, that first pill I drank, 
Dude, I cleaned the whole house. <laughs> I even scraped the walls, dude. I even scraped the walls. Did you hear the theme song from Benny Hill playing in the background? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying, dude. I was so hyped up, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, you know, when that thing, uh, the effects gone, you just crash. And that's a, t- yeah, that's a terrible feeling. Oh, yeah. And I remember I, 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 I was weighing, I was weighing at that time, like maybe. 250 at the time. Man, I went down to 180. Really? At 180. Wow. And I guess that's the lightest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> I wear the pills now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that would give you a lot of energy. Uh, my friends, you're not going to be hungry, but still eat, you know, eat. Because yeah. your body needs the energy. It's, it's one of those deals where. Um, you obviously know Wild Man Jack Armstrong. Mm-hmm. You know he's one of the, he's one of those guys. He's always hung around the bodybuilding scene, mm-hmm. but he's uh, never done the drugs. He's never done the steroids. Mm-hmm. I remember asking him, mm-hmm. like, you could have looked pretty ripped. Uh, uh-huh. uh, why didn't you ever do it? And he says, I just had this bad feeling that when something works that well, there's a cost. Yeah, there's a payback. Yeah. I think it's the same with any kind of. Uh, oh yeah, any kind of. Uh, uh, Substance, yeah, yeah, and, and that's true because yeah, I never, you know, that that was the only one, the only time I t- I took, and yeah, it had it contained ephedra, mm-hmm. and and that and that was a key element for all of that stuff to be, give you that energy, not be hungry, yeah, you know, and well, that's when well, those those pills were real popular. A lot of those diet yeah. drinks uh, too. WWE used to sponsor them. Uh oh, what was that called? I Icon or Isopro or something? No, it was uh, Icopro. Icopro, yeah, yes. Icopro. Yeah, and uh, with the Fedra. Yeah. They would, they would uh, yeah. Once they, they found out it was a drug, they just yeah. banned it. But yeah, uh, I, I now only used it at one time. I didn't even finish the, the, the thing. I just, mm-hmm. I took it like for two or three weeks. And I lost a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> I lost a lot of weight. I forgot how huge a Fedra was back then. Yeah. And uh, college students all the time. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, stay yeah, up just, for nights. <clears throat> yeah, and and uh, but yeah, I had your heart racing, man. Boom! I remember the first, day. and I, I gave some to my sister. Uh huh. Yeah, because I told you, my yeah. gave me these. You know, you I'll give you half. <laughs> no, no, my sister took one, and she goes, "Oh, my heart's gonna pop out! Oh, I can't take this!" <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, attack yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, that's scary. So that's she scary. stopped taking it, and uh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it, it really affected. And I remember there was there were uh, like all these uh, little clinics mm-hmm. that were uh, doing. Uh, oh yeah, and we were showing on TV. You want to learn this way? Just you know, and they oh I lost thirty pounds at such time. Yeah, they were going. They were getting those pills with with the fed. Wow. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, they, they, yeah, uh, it was the good stuff, man. But I don't sell it anymore. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they'll try to sell them, but they. Well, well, it well out, once the once they make something illegal, they find something to replace. Because they remember they're briefly selling HGH, also like in medication and stuff. And exactly, and there's hey, there's there's other types of amphetamines yeah. that are legal out there yeah. now. I mean, those monster drinks are oh, pop yeah. you up. Like you know what? Crazy. I never. I think I don't know. I want. I want to say I think I've tasted the monster. I've had one because they, 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 they sponsor them at, 
at yeah. these places. They that sounds kind of kinky, it. saying you tasted the monster. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Drake. Monster <laughs> <laughs> Drake. Yeah, yeah, I know, but yeah, it's just, it's just uh, like we were saying, just big bags. Brings back memories, and one thing leads to another. You know, you, you know, you jump from one thing to another. But yeah, you know, uh, talking about our our veterans, man. You know, and and um, and we we were just talking about you know bringing them back, going interviewing them. You know, they hang out every Thursday at Denny's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if you see them I, on I Facebook. I see the things on Facebook, really? and I keep meaning to. Yeah, we should go some morning. Just yeah, you know, if you guys want to do it next Thursday, we could do it. That'd be fun. I'd yeah. love for you that. You want to do that? Yeah, yeah. Do that. Yeah, it's Coloso, Enrique Medina, Triton, uh, KKK. Both of them or just one? Only one. Which one? One, one lives in uh, 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 Arizona, the, no? The, yeah. yeah, number one. Number two lives in the Arizona. The one without the, the, the KKK? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a big mustache. Yeah. And uh, who else? Um... Bengali goes there. See, I'd like to hang with him some because you have to interview Bengali. Yeah, I I, I met him at Cauliflower Alley about okay. ten years ago, and uh, you know I had his daughter translate for, for me, just saying. Is she the one that showed up at wrestling shows or? No. No, I, I think it was the only time I had met oh, okay. her. Very nice. You remember nice how he used to, what name he used to wrestle under in White uh, Terror, and mm. uh, and also. Um, Azteca. No. What? No. Um, he used to be White Terror, and then he changed his name. He changed his name. He almost looked like um, Espectro. No way. Green Shadow. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Remember Green Shadow? I do. I did not know that. Okay, hey, what's him? Because he wrestled uh, in Northern California as El Azteca. Because I remember oh. getting into a big argument with somebody. I said, no, Gil was El Azteca. They said, no, Bengali was. And we realized we were both right because yeah. Gil was Azteca. Well, him and my dad were really good friends see, mm-hmm. from Mexico. And they came here. They, you know, We used to go to his house a lot mm-hmm. when, I was, when I was younger. And uh, he was really cool. Um, I guess I had a little foul out or something. I don't know my dad. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I, I don't know what the deal was, but yeah, they, they I think they had a little foul out. I'm not too sure. I can't remember, but I think something like that happened. And he he just stopped going to the, to the gym to Gills. Oh, wow. Huh. And uh, well, he had a barber shop. I was gonna ask, does he still have the barber? Yeah, I think he, I think he does. I think he does because like even when Gill was still there, he showed up. Mm-hmm. He showed up in his car and and he was he I he was walking kind of funny. I go, hey, what the hell happened? He goes, oh, I was at the shop and and I saw I saw my my uh, my my billboard. It needed some paint, so I got a ladder and I climbed up and I was painting and I slipped and I landed and I broke both ankles. Oh, and oh. yeah, so he was kind of walking funny and and uh, but we we call him El Tieso. The stiff. The stiff? Yeah. That, that's the, what everybody used to call him. Ah, bitchy viejo tieso. Because I guess he hurt his back. Mm-hmm. So he had his car. He would sit down and his car had a, like the seat with a roll tick with him. Because he couldn't move like this. So he, you know, he would 
able to move <laughs> like that, so they call him the stiff. He's another one I remember seeing since I was 10 years old, and I remember yes. my dad just loved... Uh, he used to come out in the, uh, the Olympic, right? Yeah, the, the Olympic. Yeah. He'd be on TV, yeah, right. all, and, you know, he was like Bondo Lo- Lopez. Yeah. He usually put over the other guys, but yeah. my dad just loved his nickname, because uh, you remember the ring announcer, Jimmy Lennon. Yeah, Jimmy Lennon. He'd, yeah. he'd say... He is El Muchacho de Zacatecas Bengali, and for some reason my dad thought that was the coolest uh, nickname. And what I'll never forget is uh, they'd pull a surprise every now and then. Uh, One night he teamed with another guy who was in Hanson and Talon, and they actually went over... uh, I don't remember who one of the guys... But the other guy was Raul Reyes, who was Uh, a name, uh, you know? Uh, ben Golly and the other guy went over clean, and Ben Golly took the mic and just cut the coolest promo. Oh. And I, and I sat there, as like twelve years old, thinking like, "Wow, why, why do they always have this guy losing? Man, this guy's cool. Because he has a, he has such a great look to him. Yeah, yeah. He was a good looking dude. He was a very handsome yeah, he, guy. Yeah, uh, the uh, I actually have a picture I think in my in my, in my phone. Mm-hmm. I'll look for it right now. It's my dad and him. Oh, cool. Uh, this is back in the early 80s. Oh, wow. Um, and um, and I remember my dad used to criticize them a lot because my dad was invited to go wrestle there. Mm-hmm. To go wrestle there. And and my dad was pissed because he goes, ah, all they want there is carpenters, carpinteros. Uh-huh. That's what you call a, a, a guy that's going to do a job. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So my dad, uh, he was pissed, you know. He goes, ah, all they want, all they want there is carpenters. You know, I don't know how, he, how these fuckers could go in and, you know, and, 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 and you know, do that. You know, they don't have any pride. <laughs> no, my dad was pissed anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember one time, uh, I think it, Mil Moskalas wrestled that time. It was an American show mm-hmm. at the Olympic Auditorium. And I remember it was so cool. It made me feel so special because uh, we were in the upstairs and uh, and uh, my dad my dad went in the corner of the you know the bottom seats, mm-hmm. and uh, and and we were all following my dad, and then you know the security guards there. And he goes, "Oh, you can't you can't go down there." And my dad goes, "Oh, I'm a wrestler." He puts on his uh, his, his license. Uh, license. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let us go down there. <laughs> <laughs> That's so yeah, cool. Was, yeah, it's something I remember from the from the Olympic from the Olympic auditorium. Uh, yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, but my dad, I I I'm pretty sure he did wrestle. At the Olympic? I, you know, because i not certain, but I remember there was a guy who put some people over called Johnny Ray, and I remember the first time I met uh, your brother Manuel, the first thing I said, oh, he looks just like that guy who used to wrestle as Johnny Ray, and I always wondered if that was your father. I no, I, I, that wasn't my dad him. always wrestled as El Moro. All the time? Oh, yeah. oh, you know what? I, I know because he told me that he wrestled there. But I don't know if he wrestled under that name or a different name. I can't, I really wouldn't know. Because I remember say. same mustache, that, uh, that that smile, everything. Yeah. That might have been somebody else. But, the, yeah. but but when I saw, but when I the first time I met your brother Manuel, I just thought, holy shit, that looks just like the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's just yeah, I just remember it brings a lot of memories, you know. And uh, like I said. You gotta go. You have to make an interview with Bengali. Definitely, he's got a lot of history. He's got a lot of stories. Yeah. In fact, somewhere I have that old photo. Remember years ago when I I got those old photos of your dad and got the new negatives made. Uh-huh. 
There was one of your of a young uh, photo of your dad in Bengali when they're both really young. Uh-huh. Now, did they grow up in the same area? Or? I think they did in Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because they, 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 yeah. Because um, I'm telling you, because we used to go to his house a lot. Mm-hmm. And they were really good friends. They would visit each other a lot. Uh, I'm pretty sure they, they knew themselves from from Mexico. Now, when your dad, when your family moved here, uh, I'm trying to remember, you, you were actually born in Mexico, right? Yes. Now, when you first moved here, how did your dad get involved in the scene? Did he just know the people, know folks already? Did he run? Yeah, they told me, come on, man, you're a wrestler? Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, it's, it's you know, um, um, even even talking to my dad, because, you know, something, you know, it's funny, but uh, there was this one, only one time towards, you know, the last years that we were hanging out, and we started drinking, mm-hmm. And he just started t- telling me a little bit of his life, you know, and it was so interesting. And and uh, after we had a long talk, he said, you know, we should get, get together more often. And I'll keep, you know, telling you about my life story a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it was so cool. You know, I learned a lot that day. And uh, one, one of the things that I learned uh, from him was that, you know, when he first got here, you know, um, uh, he he moved in with some relatives. And, and it's his... It's, um, it's his, uh, it's his cousin. He moved in his cousin's house, mm-hmm. but he was such a dick. You know, he go, oh, you know, just go to work, come back home, don't go out. Immigration's, <laughs> oh, you know, immigration's gonna pick you up and they're gonna deport you again and yeah. and this and that and blah blah blah. And so he was always being a, a, a you know, a, oh, don't go out. You know, being yeah, immigration's gonna get you. So my dad hardly went out and. Um, I guess until he got his car and he started moving around and and and, and yep, immigration was tough back then, you know. Mm-hmm. And there was a time when when the cops were asking for papers and there was a big controversy because like, yeah. oh, it's a cops, a law enforcement. Mm-hmm. They're not immigration; they can't ask for it. But they would still do and oh, stuff yeah. like that. And you would get deported. Mm-hmm. And then there were my dad got scared, and then my my mom was here, and then in '72. Uh, my oldest brother, my sister, and myself came to California, mm-hmm. and uh, we were living off of um, on Tweedy and uh, Eastern mm-hmm. near near there, in the, uh, Southgate area. Southgate. Okay. Yes. Yes. No, it's not Southgate. It's um, like the Bell Garden. Bell Gardens. Yes. Yeah, Bell Gardens. And where, oh, where the bicycle club is at? Bicycle club. Oh yeah yeah oh, so, oh, oh City of Commerce yeah. Well, it's not City of Commerce. I think it is uh, Bell Gardens. Okay, yeah. And so anyways, um, I think I want to say it was about uh, 1970 something, Mm -hmm. 73, 74 maybe, when my dad, I guess he saw the... um, an ad or something that it was wrestling at the mm-hmm. Arena Center, and that's when he for, and that's when he started uh, going to the shows. I remember um, Albo Rieta, Gori Chavez, uh, um, Apollo Casillas, Jalisco Primero, yes. El Dandy, eh. El Dandy, uh, Jalisco Dos, uh, Falcón de Oro. Uh, 
Bull Ramos. Uh, oh, Bull Ramos actually wrestled on some yes. of these? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, a, lot, a lot of guys. A lot of guys. Uh, Frank Tejeda. Mm-hmm. And later on, uh, this is this is like 19. I was like five or six at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this is at the Arena Center. Um, down, down by Whittier, like a block before you hit Arizona. Yes. There's an old theater there. And, uh, and that's... I, I'm, I'm guessing that's how my dad got to uh, to be Gil and all these guys. Got hooked up with all yeah, of them. And then, yeah, and yes. then started training at Gil's. What's your first memory of Al Marietta, one of our legends? Oh, you know what I know. <laughs> I guess I do. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I have two, two of Al Marietta. Um, I'm telling you, I was like five or six, and, and there was a theater, right? So they, there were some stairs that would go where they, they had the locker rooms. They had them like mm-hmm. by the projector, uh, you know the the projector. Yes. And that room, that's where they used to go and change. So I remember going up there, and he was butt naked. <laughs> <laughs> I was making fun of him, and, and they seated us, and they they scared us off, and we ran down. And the other thing, he was notorious for uh, making people bleed, but the way he used to do it, that was the awesome part. He would actually take out take out his teeth. He would take out oh, his teeth. Oh, that's awesome! And he would poke him in the head, in the forehead. <laughs> and Jeez. and this one time, the the other guy gets a hold of his teeth and he throws it into the audience. <laughs> oh my god! He throws it into the audience and yeah, he left he left without a teeth that day. But it was so funny. But if yeah. I threw Al Marietta's teeth into the audience, the first thing I would do after that is I would run and run yes. fast because yeah. Al Marietta could smoke oh. your ass. Huh? And you know what? He was a good-looking guy, and he would always come out to like he had like a silver pants mm-hmm. and long and and then then a little jacket, and he would wear a bandana. Mm-hmm. And uh, I. I yeah, I I can't remember, but they used to, I think they used to call him La Pantera Rosa. Oh, that's the, the Pink Panther. Pan- yes, <laughs> that's great. I, yeah, I kind of I kind of remember that La Pantera Rosa, the Pink Panther, because he would walk the way he would walk. But yeah, he would always, and, and then he would take off his pads, and people started whistling. <laughs> but yeah, he wouldn't be really elegant. But he would always come like with a with a with a with a uh, silver pants. And uh, in a little jacket and a banana. That's what I remember of Al Morieta. Because I remember first time I ever saw him, obviously, was Hadco Plaza. And he'd always be this badass Rudo every yeah. time. And then one uh, one night he had a, uh, I can't remember what they called the, the championship, but it was a title match with Apollo Casillas. Okay. And that was back when the title matches, it always wrestled technically. Uh-huh. And so it was fun getting to see Al Marietta wrestle... As a technico, he was good too. Yeah, yeah I yeah, mean, he, yeah. he, he could he could wrestle. He could really yeah. wrestle. These guys were were really uh, wrestlers. You know, all these guys, one point or another, they came from Mexico, mm-hmm. and and they started their school here, and they started training it. You know, and they had a good follower of train of, of people training, and you know now you know nowadays a lot of kids take it for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, you go down to Santinos, you go to LWP, you know, places to train. Mm-hmm. Before, you know, I've heard stories about, oh my God, it, it took me a year to find this place. Mm-hmm. You know, I would come here and, 
and nobody would tell you anything. You know, you oh, there's a gym, there's a wrestling gym, no wrestling gym around here. So it was really tough just to even find girls. It was real secretive. Yeah, right? oh Remember? yeah, it was really, really, really secretive, and um, and it was hard to get to. It was really hard to get to, and uh, yeah, and these guys were jealous. You know, these guys were. They didn't accept just anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the right off of my head, I remember, uh, like I said, El Michoacano. Mm-hmm. I remember El Michoacano. Yeah, El Michoacano. Yes. He got bad from Gills, dude. Did he? What? <laughs> yes. What's the story with that? Well, in the early, in the early 80s, um, well, he decides to be a promoter. Uh-huh. He decides to be a promoter, and back then you couldn't promote or do anything or wrestle anywhere else. Without Gil's permission. Oh. And this guy did a did a show at a bar. No ring. No ring. Just some ropes. And uh, I remember there was, there was this young kid. How old was his name? I can't remember what his, uh, his name was. Nickname, nickname, nickname was. He used to train a lot with me. Mm-hmm. And we, he was a good friend. And he wrestled. He wrestled. Yeah, it was a one-on-one, mm-hmm. and they got banned from kills. Never seen them again. Wow. Never seen them again. Michoacano and, and this this kid. He wasn't a wrestler, but he was training to be a wrestler. Oh, yeah. trip out! Because I yeah. remember, I, I remember seeing him every now and then. And he was a wrestler. good wrestler. He was one of those those wrestlers that people cheered on a lot, cheered him on. El Continental, El Michoacano. I remember Continental. Yes. He's a nice guy. Yes, mm-hmm. good, very nice guy. Centella Roja, El Caribe, mm-hmm. um, Fantomas. I remember Fantomas. Fantomas, well. uh, he's still around. El Cosmos. Uh, oh, uh, Cosmos, who love to bleed. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, El Cosmos and. Uh, oh my God, it's just. I just know this guy. Um, I already said Caribe, Piloto Nuclear. There were actually two pilotos. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, there were two Piloto Nuclear, number one and number two. Who was the other guy? Was he somebody? Uh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody mm-hmm. who was just in it briefly? No, no, no. He, and then uh, Alfil, number one and number two. And Alfil, was that? Triton. Triton, yes. Yeah, him and his brother. They used to wrestle as Alfil, number one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, Gori Chavez, Almo Rieta, Chacal Rivera. Yes. Um, uh, I Pedro. He used to. I don't know if you remember when they did the gay gimmick. Chacal Rivera and Pedro. It was. I don't remember that. Yeah, they did a gay gimmick. <laughs> they called it. I never. Yes. That. It was Pedro el Hermoso mm-hmm. and Ramon el Bello. <laughs> oh, how funny! <laughs> and they were good at it. They were really good. They were really popular. And I remember this was like right after uh, Greco y. Sergio Hermoso, yes. They went to LA and and then right after that, they uh, Gil got on the name, and it was Pedro Hermoso y Ramon El Bello. <laughs> I love it. Was it. So That's funny. Great. It was, yeah, it was a good gimmick. Uh, who else? Oh, uh, and then uh, the Americans, uh, Handsome Harry. Oh my God, <laughs> Handsome Harry. Um, Billy Anderson. Billy Anderson, of course. Um, Oh, um, Bulldog Samson. Bulldog Samson and his friend Rocky Lee Esther. Rocky Lee Esther. I always yes. wondered what happened to Rocky. He was one of the nicest guys. I yes, ever and then um, um, Cool Cat. Oh God! I used to love him. Cool Cat, man. He, that guy was. Great. He had the body, you know. He had the body, and then he had the Hogan. That was the first guy I ever seen do that gimmick. 
you know, where he was being choked out. Uh-huh. And then he started shaking, he started shaking, and, you know, he would start punching the guy. You ever remember that? Well, see, what I remember, I never got to see him on the Lucha scene, uh-huh. but he uh, he worked as just, uh, he worked as Cool Cat Clark at yeah, the Olympic yeah. for a short time, and then... He's under a hood. I think he was called like the whip or something like oh, that. Okay, I think so. I think that was what they called him. And then, uh, and I think we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Just one night, I went to Hadco, and we're looking at the program, and it says something, you know, about a tribute to Cool Cat. And you know, neither my friend or I mm-hmm. could read Spanish well, but yeah. my friend says, "Oh, I think I heard something happened, and he got shot." Oh. And that's when they brought him out in the wheelchair. He was paralyzed. You know, you know who was you was brought your him father? Out? Yes. Yeah. We, I, well, I, we had a picture where that was so. My the, dad is is pushing him in the in the wheelchair. Because at times, the few times I saw him wrestle, I never got to see him wrestle lucha style. But he, he was. Oh man, he such was an awesome. actual athlete. One of the things they used to make me want to watch this guy is that he was wrestling. He was like the first guy I ever seen to do a nice cartwheel. He would do a cartwheel and then the punch, and he was he was such a great wrestler. Charismatic too. Very charismatic. And if I told you this before, but it was so <laughs> amazing. I wish I would have taped them. You know, um, uh, when when they were taping the film, uh, the 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 win uh, shows. Mm-hmm. Once they stopped. With the same, with the same, uh, uh, they would show some of the Olympic shows. I don't know if it were the Olympic because, because I remember one of the stations, uh, there were two times when local lucha promotions Uh would air here in LA. Once was in 1981, the other was in 87. Uh I don't know who the promoters were, but but it was the same announcer, Armando Quintero. Yeah, yes, 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 and um. And what I remember is, you know, they'd use guys in the main event, like, you know, the, the guys like Cesar Valentino, uh-huh. the guys from Mexico, but also the local guys would be uh-huh. in the mix, so he might have been on one he of them. He was in one of them, yes. And I just remember watching him, oh my God, cool cat. And he was a cool cat, man. And, and I love his name. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love the gimmick with the afro. I was his yes. hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was, he was such a great wrestler. And I, I loved him because he had a great physique. He had those long legs. All he used to wear was just a trunk. Uh-huh. But he had those long legs. He had that, that nice build. And muscular. Oh, he was, yeah. And Karen, I, 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 and I remember thinking when I saw him in LaBelle, in LaBelle I'm thinking, they're missing the boat on this guy. This yes, guy is yes. a natural. They didn't do anything. Yeah, and I remember I used to love watching him when they were choking. And we started shaking. He started shaking. <laughs> and he yes. would get up. He would get up. And this is way before Hogan, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and he started punching the shit out of the other guy. He would make his big comeback. I really wish I got to see Jesse him. Garcia. Jesse mm. Garcia also. Jesse Garcia. Um, eh, Rocky Ramos. La Marrana, Rocky Ramos. Yes. Um, who else? Um, Mongol. El Mo- yeah, it's the same one. Rocky Ramos later uh, uh, masked himself in El Mongol. He was the one who was shot in Tijuana. Yes. That was so sad. I, oh, I yes. remember seeing him just like a week before he yes. passed away. Yes. Um, and he was so cool, man. He was so cool. Because I remember um, I used to play with his kids. And uh, and he had a, a regular bill. He wasn't muscular or anything. Mm-hmm. So he started going to TJ and uh, and and... And he started wrestling over there, 
And uh, I remember I was like 18, 17, 18 mm-hmm. at the time. So I was, in, I was at the weightlifting team in, in yeah. school. So I was getting pretty big. And and what I see, you know, he was huge, man. He had a big old back like that, big ass arms. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I I went into the gym and he was bench pressing. He goes, hey, mi yoito, cómo está? He goes, oh, también te estás inyectando. Are you shooting yourself shooting too? Oh, <laughs> I go, no, man. I'm just I just lift weights. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was so funny, man. And then uh, I remember he goes, "Come on, let's go." I go, "Where are we going?" "Come on, I'm 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 treating you breakfast. Let's go." And we went to La Playita, the little yeah. the donut yes. shop. It used to be a restaurant before, so we we would go there and have breakfast. And we just we just started talking because we haven't seen each other in such a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, we just started talking and stuff. And he was so cool, man. He's a nice guy. He was one of those few guys who I would see him in the L.A. area as just as much as I'd see him in Tijuana. Yeah. He's back and forth all the time. You, you know why, right? No. He was a coyote. I never knew that. No way. <laughs> it was funny because... I never knew it that. It was so funny because <laughs> I remember... I didn't know. I didn't know at the time. Yeah. Wow. And I remember he, he came to... It was like... Because we would get up early... By this time, my dad we didn't have to shop at Gills anymore, mm-hmm. so we used to work out of our out of right out of our house. And you know, we're over here. I'm over here fixing the car and stuff. And you see this? I see this van just pulled up, parking in 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 in, in, uh, in, in double. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out. Hey, Yoyito, Hey, I'm looking for your dad. Oh, what's the number? So he he comes out and my dad tells, "Oh, we'll park your van. You know, let's go." He, we, he goes inside. They have a beer. So he goes inside, has breakfast, uses the bathroom. Like two hours later, you know, and the sun is blazing. This is like midsummer, you uh-huh. know, and the sun's blazing, and and where and he even stops and tells my dad this joke in the middle of the street, and he's like, "Ha ha ha ha!" <laughs> and then my dad he goes. He goes, is the van full? Because he heard a noise. He goes, ah, so estos cabrones, pollos. You know, he had a lot of people in the van. He goes, oh, you son of a bitch. Let these poor people use the bathroom. It's a water. Yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, let them there. Let them toast. I don't care. Oh, yeah. my God. Too oh. bad your dad wasn't a coyote. He he would have been oh, the nicest God. coyote in yeah. the world. Your dad was such a great guy. Yeah, person. you know, he got all the people to have a drink and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh yeah, he was he was a character, man. And you know, when he passed away, mm-hmm. before passing away, he went to Gills. And he goes, "Hey, Gil, you know what? I can you take care of the suitcase for me?" Mm-hmm. He said, "Yeah. I'll just leave it there, you know. Just leave it there, and, you know." I'll come and pick it up later. Mm-hmm. So he never picked it up. He passed away. A few years went by. And I think it was, this was like late in the 90s, I think. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Gil was doing a clean, he was cleaning out the garage and, you know, and he ran and he ran into the case. And I can't remember who it was. He goes, hey, what's what's that suitcase? Oh, it belonged, it belonged to... Um, uh, to La Marana, Paz Descanse. Because what's in it? Oh, I don't know. And they opened it up and it was full of weed. Hey, no way! Oh. 
It was it was a sack like that from the weed, dude. Wow. How was the quality, dude? It was good quality because he took off with it and they, we never seen him back. I can't remember who it was. Oh, I'll take care of it. Back once again with third part of the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about AAA, Ray de Reyes. I thought this was a good show as well. You know, it, it, it usually, like, if you're telling me we're going to get two, I have to watch two shows, a CML and AAA show, and I see the lineups uh, ahead of time. Usually we get the lineups, you know, a week, a week before the show, so we kind of know what's going to be on. And with CMLL this past year, it's kind of been rough at certain points. And if there's a AAA show, you're, you could pretty much pinpoint what you're going to watch or not going to watch. Um, that's why, like I always say, if you have an Amazon Prime account, subscribe to the Twitch AAA channel. So if you don't want to watch it live, you could watch it the following day or whenever you want. And you could just pick out the good matches. AAA is not doing not only doing Spanish commentary, but they also have a channel where they do English commentary. So this show, I decided normally I I stay away from the English commentary because Vampiro is one of the commentators, and he to me he's horrible. I usually don't listen to it, but I haven't listened to the 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 this version of what they're doing now. Usually, like in the past, you know, the eye pay per views and stuff like that. It gave you the option of going to trip um, English or Spanish. Well, this was more of going to a different channel, and I wanted to. I just wanted to see, and he also had a different. Um, he they 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 put him together with uh, Mas Lucha's Adrian. I think Adrian Mendoza or some. I think that's his last name. I know his first name is Adrian, but. Um, Sorry if I got his na- last name wrong, uh, but he he's been doing Mas Lucha and he started working for AAA as well. So I think he's he's more of a regular there now because he's also doing a show, a Spanish show with um, Rudo Rivera on their on the Twitch on the AAA Twitch channel. But I wanted to hear this, and I also heard I I basically switched back and forth. Um, I think the first early half I learned I heard um, the Spanish commentary, then the middle part I switched over to English commentary, then I closed it out with the with the with the Spanish commentary. Uh, so, yeah, because I think the first match I did watch in, in Spanish commentary because and the Cody Rhodes segment, but then right after that I switched over to the to the English commentary. And let me just say that um, if you thought Vampiro was bad before, he's still just as bad now. Uh, he basically spent most of his time arguing with people commenting on the Twitch chat room, just constantly calling them out and like pointing stuff out. And when he wasn't doing that, he was basically putting himself over or um, he would talk about how he's friends with certain wrestlers. He kept saying how he was a good friend of Pagano and Drago. And he would spend the other time um, when the, the that one match where everybody got hurt, he, uh, he was, he was very concerned for everyone. And, um, and then he started talking about his own injuries and how he had to deal with that stuff. And it's kind of like he just kept going on and on. Um, but the chat room comments were where he was completely off the wall. At one point, you hear Adrian telling him to just uh, calm down and get back to, into the commentary, come back. And he just couldn't get him to like, he couldn't pull it, rein him back in, unfortunately. So um, I think if you like that sort of thing, like the, the there's a certain aspect of it that you find amusing. Um, I I kind of get that, but it's it's still bad commentary, especially when it's it's supposed to attract fan. I mean, really, you could be bad, but it's got to be in a certain way where it's at least people think you're trying. Whereas Vampiro doesn't even know shit. I mean, he he it, it was just bad. 
Um, and you know, he's one of the guys that know, should know what's going on because he's he's one of the the people behind the scenes, and he doesn't know what's going on. So it's it's maybe they just decide not to tell him, <laughs> just keep it a secret. Um, when he was probably when he was booking, he probably kept everything. He just booked stuff and couldn't remember anything that was going on. So um, who knows? Um, but Ray De Reyes was. Um, I thought it was good. I think the difference between AAA and CML shows is that CML shows, you get that constant just um, if there's good matches, you're going to get them consecutively. And then you'll get that really bad match at the end or the opening match is bad and you could skip that. The the opener, like like if you go to a, a regular Friday show and let's say they have the opening match and then they have a women's match, a trios match primarily, and then like you have the next three matches and the main event, you pretty much know that you're going to skip the opener and the women's match, and then maybe like the the third match, depending on who's in it, you might skip it as well. And you know, it's a little easier to like figure out that you're just gonna watch the middle part, and that's it. That's gonna that's what's gonna be good, um, or the finish, the end of it. Uh, with AAA, they give you a roller coaster ride of one match will be good, then one match will be bad, then two matches will be good, then you'll get two matches that are bad, and then they'll get like a good match, then the the main event ends up being really falling flat. But this show I thought was um was kind of that way, but um, I would say overall, uh, I I enjoyed it though, because you know, it, I don't think there was as much filler for some reason. I I, I also think that also helped. Um, Triple Mania they do a lot of filler and they have like those um the matches that are the air before the Triple Mania show, so there's a little bit more to it. And I think even though it might be good, and I thought last year's show was good, I don't know how it won, how it got, how it placed so highly. As one of the worst shows of 2018, because I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, it's, I think it's just the length of the show, and I, that if you're gonna like have people sit through five to six hours of a, of a wrestling show, it's gonna be very difficult. Um, but you know, the good thing is like now with Twitch, you could pretty much if you subscribe, you could just watch it later. Um, and they also have the t- they also split it up for the TV show, so it's not that bad. Uh, the opener was Big Mommy and Nino Hamburguesa beating Lady Maravilla and Viano 3 Jr. to retain the AAA Mixed Tag Team titles. I liked this match. I didn't think it was as good as some of the other openers. Um, and I also thought Lady Maravilla was a bit of a drop-off to La Yedra as Viano 3 Jr.'s partner. Um, it's not because I'm biased towards La Yedra. Um, that's partially it, but it's not totally the full reason. Because I actually do like Lady Maravilla. I just thought this was more of a storyline deal with um we, they're doing a storyline between Lady Maravilla and Nino Hamburguesa where she's using she's flirting with him and trying to like like she's trying to use him to like do things for her and he's falling for it. Um can't really blame him. I like um I think Microman Fever said, Well, you know, Lady Maravilla is dating Ciclope in real life. Um the guy from DTU. So maybe Nino Hamburguesa has a shot. Uh, it's possible. You never know. Um, you never know until you try. And maybe we, we got a root for um, Nino Hamburguesa. You never know. He could win her over. Uh, but basically, that, that that match was Lady Maravilla telling Big Mommy she was jealous, and Nino Hamburguesa trying not to let her hurt Lady Maravilla. They did a few good. They, it, it was actually a pretty good match. Not not a not not like I said. Not as you not as great as some of the the past openers in AAA, but. Um, Nino Hamburguesa and Big Mommy are, are uh, you know, fan favorites. The crowd, I think the crowd that tends AAA tends to like them more than like us watching it because, you know, there's only so much you could watch. And I think we tend to burn out a little bit quicker on this stuff. But I, I thought it was a good match. And um, the highlight was uh, when Lady Maravilla 
after the match was over, Neon Burguesa ends up carrying out Lady Maravilla and refusing to celebrate with Big Mommy. Um, so, you know, there's tensions with the, within this within this um, this tag team. One of the most I I'm I'm surprised Big Mommy and Nina Hamburguesa did not make it into that top ten list of of you know most popular tag teams or tag team of the year or whatever because they've been champions for a while and they're actually they're not bad you know it's it people people don't if you haven't watched them wrestle and you just think you're just thinking of two chubby wrestlers a male and a female uh, you immediately think oh they must suck but they're actually not that bad um they're they're fun and they're way better than some some tag teams that are that are that were probably more highly regarded by um by certain fans um won't name any names or anything but you know what i mean uh after that cody rhodes came out for an interview with hugo sevinovich he talked about aew and AAA's partnership and he even gave gave hugo sevinovich a job as spanish correspondent and i think announcer Hugo was the big winner of the of this of this event. Um, I will give you guys the reason why because it will happen. It happened right after this. I believe it was in the yeah it was in the women's match. It happened right after this. Um, you will know why he was the big winner of Rey de Reyes. Uh, so Cody was talking about his plans when all of a sudden Conan came out. He actually teased that Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega could be guys that we see in Mexico for AAA. Uh, I don't know how possible that is, but you know, you never know. It could happen down the road. Um, Conan came out, confronted him. He came out with Tejano Jr., Rey Scorpion, and Taurus. This was like the the, the combination of Los Mercenarios, the MDA, or MAD, <laughs> MDA MAD, um, uh, Foreign Legion, whatever you want to call them. It's the the combination. Conan confront, confronted him, and this was like the funniest moment of the entire show. Conan tells um, Hugo Savinovich to translate to Cody what he's about to tell him. So he starts translate. He starts speaking in English to Cody. So then Hugo translated back to English. So it's basically just them speaking in English to Cody. And Cody looks at him, looks at Hugo like I know what he's saying, like giving him that look. And then you know, finally Hugo figured out that he had to translate it for the fans. And that's what he did, um, but you know they had they attacked Cody, and out came Psycho Clown and Taya. I think there were a couple of other AAA wrestlers that came out to save Cody, and um, Taya welcomed him to Mexico. I ma- I made the comment that this was basically the team we want a job for you know in AAW because that's kind of what it felt like. Uh, but it was very it was fun. Um, I think I think this. I think this is something that, that that we have. I think they could have done something a little more with Cody, uh, maybe built something up down the road. But you know he's still recovering from an injury, so um, and you know he probably didn't want to commit this soon without knowing how how soon he's going to be healthy and what he's what his schedule is going to be like. Since um, I think AEW starts in May, and then I think they have a show after that. They've already scheduled. I think I think they have two shows scheduled for as far as I know, and so. You know, we don't really know what's going to happen with him. But I thought this was an okay um, segment. Um, I think there were a lot of people wondering why, like, they didn't have some certain other people in this, like Hijo Fantasma. But, you know, we'll find out about that afterwards. Uh, after that happened, we had the women's match where Lady Shani beat La Yedra, Keira, and Chick Tormenta 
in a four-way match to retain the AAA Reign of the Reinas title. Um, this had um, this this was weird because Hijo de Tirantes kept doing really fast counts throughout the match. So um, you had Vampiro. This was the match where I started listening to the English commentary. So Vampiro was pointing it out and talking about how he hated the referee. And then you had the chat room people kind of complaining about um, Hijo Tirantes fast counts. And that's how that's what happened at, to finish the match. Um, he fast counted um, the pin for Lady Shani over La Yedra. So La Yedra got robbed. But I thought this was a good match. Um, Keira and Chica Tormenta, all four looked good. I think La Yedra was the weakest of the four, but, you know, she she, she tried. You know, she she gave she gave um, um, Hugo Savinovich the other highlight of the make uh, of the night, making his night. Basically, um, she when she was doing her entrance she went over and like uh, flashed his her her boobs or cleavage or whatever to him and i think that made that kept hugo happy for the rest of the night um but you know i thought chica tormenta might have been the best one in the entire match uh after that you had fabi apache coming out and she kind of confronted hijo de tirantes hijo de tirantes then said he had two surprises for um fabi and he said the first one is this and he like clotheslined her and attacked her and um, the second one was Kira and Chica Tormenta attacking um, Fabi Apache. So I get, and then, you know, Taya and Lady Shani came in and made the save for Fabi. So now we have Hijo de Tirantes aligned with Kira and um, Chica Tormenta. I'm guessing that else, that's also going to include Lady Maravilla. But, um, you know, they had basically made a big deal about how Taya made the save for, for Fabi. I think Vampiro was making a bigger deal about her making the save for for Fabi than she than he did for Lady Shani because I thought the Lady Shani feud with Fabi was far more memorable because it just happened recently, whereas the Taya rivalry, I mean, happened like a couple of years ago and it really wasn't as it wasn't as big a rivalry as he made it out to be because you know honestly I don't even remember most of it, but um, this was basic and you know honestly it was I think it was even before Taya kind of became a a, a better worker. Uh, I think the last two, three years, she's gotten so much better in the ring. But um, at that point, her rivalry with Fabi was Fabi just kicking her butt. So I don't know what I don't know what rivalry Vampiro was talking about. Um, the third match was the Peros del Mar wrestling Poder del Norte. Poder del Norte ended up beating Daga, Joe Leader, and Taya because Daga turned on Joe Leader, and that helped Poder del Norte get the win. Um, I thought this match was a little well. It was short, honestly, it was short, and I didn't really think it was that good. Um, a couple of people said it was it was good, but I didn't think it was that great. Uh, to me, it was just kind of like I I you could get more out of Poder del Norte against any other group of guy people. Um, I didn't think Joe Leader was that interesting. Um, this basically had a this basically had Daga turning on turning on um. J- Turning on Joe Leader, then like for whatever reason, Fabi came out to help Taya. And while this was all going on in the ring, we just hear a, a loud <laughs> drop in the in in the in like some in the in the entrance area, and you see like the 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 camera crew catches what happened, but you can't really see it because there's a bunch of people like already there like helping up Joe Leader. So I guess Joe Leader got thrown through a table or something in in the in the entrance area. Um, I didn't see it. I, this was actually a part where I, I, I tried to figure it out. I could not see it. Um, 
But, you know, I thought that was, I think maybe that's also what kind of hurt it. I didn't see it. So, but, you know, the match itself was something that I pretty much already forgot. Um, the fourth match, this match was a bit of a wreck at the end. Um, I think it probably would have gone fine if it would just continued uh, without any issues. But Averno, Chessman, Superfly, the OGTs beat Drago, Pagano, and Puma King. Also, I think that trio was too random. Drago, Pagano, and Puma King, way too ra- random. I think they probably, and you know, they probably could have switched. Well, they really couldn't because they had, um, I'm trying to think. No, they really couldn't have switched because I think they could have done, had somebody different in the, in that match, teaming, teaming up with Puma King and, um, and Drago besides Pagano. But basically, the highlight of this match was um, the OGTs showing up as their favorite superheroes. Um, Superfly dressed up as old school Batman. Uh, Superfly dressed up as Volador Jr. Uh, I mean Venom. Or Volador Jr. dressed as Venom. That's basically what it was. Super uh, Chessman, nobody seemed to figure out what he was dressed as. Uh, he was he was his own character. He dressed up as a different version of Chessman. Uh, but, you know... I thought this match was kind of like getting somewhere and then it just kind of like, I don't think it ever got to that point. And then it just had this horrible finish. We basically had, and I was listening to the English commentary, so this was really also bad. Um, so Puma King does a sunset flip powerbomb and he's supposed to send Superfly through a table. Only the tables, I think, looked like it was a foot further away. So instead of Superfly's body hitting the table, the only thing that hits is his head. And it makes the worst looking, the worst sound you could ever imagine. Um, right away, Vampiro thought the guy was seriously injured and started going crazy on on commentary, calling for help. Um, Adrian was also, I think Puma King was looked a little uh, petrified as well, but uh, I don't think he really had time to re- react because he got a, th- a chair thrown at him. I think it was by Averno. And then what went right when that happened? Like you barely see that. And you see Pagano and and Chessman and uh, on a cor- on a on top, in one and the other side on a corner, and they go through a table. Only Chessman's arm goes through the table, and Pagano lands right on top of Chessman. So you see both of those guys looking like they're in pain, and then you see kind of like you see Superfly um, still unconscious, and you see the, the the medics showing up to check on him. And then you see the medics checking on the other two, and then um, you have Superfly pinning, uh, or I mean you have Averno. You have a Verno pinning um, Drago, and then like as soon as he pins him, you get a scene of Puma King like walking to the side, and he just kind of like he kind of slumps down. So you're just looking at this, you're like, my God, what the hell was that? The finish was just really like bad. Uh, fortunately, no one got seriously hurt, and all the guys were okay. I think Superfly wrestled the following night, so um, it, it it looked worse than it was, but um, that match was just it wasn't that good. Um, I wasn't. You know, and I wasn't really expecting much just because he had Pagano in the match, and I'm not a big Pagano fan. Um, I think they needed another another high flying or type on, in that match. They could have had Pagano. You know, unfortunately, he's not a, a Peril Del Ma. They could have Pagano teaming up with Joe Leader <laughs> um, and Daga, and Daga could have still turned on Joe Leader because you knew Pagano would have gone through a table anyways. Um, but you know, that was a bad match. I then switched it over to Spanish commentary because I had it with Vampiro. Um, the fifth match was a cage match. Psycho Clown, Mamba, Maximo beat Jeff Jarrett, Killer Cross, and La Mascara. Um, Psycho Clown ended up being the last guy escaping, leaving La Mascara in the cage for the loss. Um, La Mascara came to the 
La Mascara came to the ring wearing a, a military vest and it said mask on it, which was so hilarious. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just funny. Uh, it, you know, why he still goes with La Mascara name, I have no idea. Um, that would be like, Eddie Guerrero worked as La Mascara at one point and if he would have continued as La Mascara, we would have been like, come on, dude. But um, yeah, this wasn't that good. Superfly was, Super Porky was, I keep saying Superfly. Super Porky was um, was ringside and Jeff Jarrett picked on him. The whole thing was that guys had to escape the cage to to like save themselves. But people kept escaping before even like, and they would get back in the cage. So, you know, I always find these, these cage matches to be really stupid. Um, and this one pretty much fit that as well. And I didn't think much of it. Um, after that, Blue Demon Jr. showed up for a promo. He was upset that Dr. Wagner Jr. wasn't in Puebla. He claimed that they were booked for a match on that show, which never was actually true. Um, they were never booked on that on that show. Uh, I think Dr. Wagner Jr. was wrestling in... Um, he might have been in California at that point or somewhere else. I know he was working somewhere else. I can't remember exactly where, but he wasn't in he wasn't in Puebla, um, which cracked me up. But you know, I think I can't remember where he was, but he definitely wasn't there. He was booked somewhere, but um, and Blue Demon Junior was somewhere else earlier as well. Um, but that wasn't true. He was very angry that Doctor Wagner Junior wasn't there, and that cage that that I I think a lot of people there's a lot of people who think that they're gonna actually have to add more people to that mass versus terror match just because you know people are already they already know that blue demon jr isn't going to drop the mask so they actually asked him after the this show what he thought of um his uh about blue demon getting honored by cml and he actually said he was okay with it um it's just the the thought that they were honoring him was was worth it it doesn't matter that he wasn't there so you know he was okay with it allegedly uh, after that, we did get the best match of the night, and I think the best match of the weekend. Um, Aerostar beating Aerostar Juan Rey de Reyes, beating Loretto Kid, Hijo de Vikingo, Jack Evans, Sammy Guevara, Taurus, Eclipse Vengador Jr., Mysticis Jr., and Golden Magic. Eclipse, Eclipse, Eclipse Jr. They basically started with him calling him Eclipse Vengador Jr., which is a character on, on some Azteca TV show. I believe that's what they said. That that's where it's from. Um, they started to call him Eclipse Vengador Junior. Then they switched to Eclipse Junior. Um, I think they're just gonna end up shortening it. Um, I, everybody guessed that it was Lancelot. Um, I actually thought it was Electrico at one time, at one point, uh, but it is. It did look more like Eclipse um, once I saw him, and he did have um, Electrico's build. Also, Electrico's a little bit buffer. Um, Eclipse Vengador Jr. didn't really get to shine or do anything. He pretty much got eliminated right away. Um, the best guys on this were really um, Aerostar, Hijo de Vikingo, Loretto Kid. Loretto Kid. I thought everybody looked good in this. Taurus was awesome as well. I thought Taurus might have been the, the guy who, who stole the match. Um, they actually, like, when before Eclipse Vengador Jr. was going to make his appearance, they actually played um, Superfly's um, Jumbotron. So they had his picture, and then they were playing his music. And, and um, one of the, I think it might have been uh, Jose Manuel said, man, this is going to be amazing if he's able to show up for this match after what happened to him earlier. And um, he didn't make it. Um, a lot. And fortunately, they, at that point, they were already talking about how he was okay. Uh, but, you know, that, 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 was a, that was a funny moment. Um, the rules were basically like two guys start, then every like, I think minute or two minutes, somebody would come in and until everybody was in. 
I, I thought that I kind of prefer I, I honestly I think they kind of dropped the ball I kind of like the the way they were doing it before with the with the qualifying matches just because that meant you were doing about two weeks two to four weeks build up to the to Ray the Reyes and that would be the one match you know even though sometimes I find those really like boring because you know when when AAA doesn't have a lot of talent they do come across really boring but Right now, they have that type of talent that they could actually get four matches out of these guys. They have, tw- was it four, 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 16 guys? They have 16, 16 guys that they could pull off um, four of those matches. And I thought this was a, and I thought this was a really great match. Uh, I was surprised Aerostar won. I think I, I think I picked maybe like half the guys possibly winning, and Aerostar wasn't really like in the upper list of guys. I thought Laredo Kid was really going to be the one that won. Um, him or Vikingo ended up being Aerostar. I think that was cool. And, you know, he's one of those guys that actually, like, appreciates this sort of thing because he's kind of like, I don't want to say he's a mark, but he's one of those wrestlers who actually kind of takes this stuff a little more seriously than others. Um, so, you know, him being honored by the promotion is going to be a bigger deal for, for him than other people. And, you know, I think he deserves it. He's a really nice guy, too. Like, I had a chance to talk to him. Wonderful guy. He's really cool. Um and he deserved it. And he had a great performance. I thought him him being the being in there with Loreto Kid and Hijo de Vikingo, um, I thought they those three at the end was fantastic. Hijo de Vikingo was awesome to start with Mysticis Jr. Um, Taurus, I I think he probably would have been I thought he was the one that looked the most impressive. I kinda hope they do more with him in AAA just because I think he's he's super talented. I hope he gets more of an opportunity. Um they originally they they mentioned that this was a nine guys were going to be in the match, and then they kept switching it back and forth on 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 the English commentary. They went from the eleven to nine, then finally they just went to nine. I think the reason they thought it was more than nine was because they were going to debut Eclipse full of um, Vengador Junior, and so and then they didn't realize Australian Suicide wasn't going to be on the show. So I thought that was what what kind of like was confusing everyone. Uh, then we got to the main event: Phoenix and Pentagon Junior beat. Ray Scorpion and Tejano Jr. to win the AAA World Tag Team titles. Um, I thought this was a good but short match. And, you know, honestly, I thought Ray Scorpion looked a little bit off at certain points when he was catching, when he was catching, like at one point, I think he kind of missed Phoenix at one point. But, you know, other than that, I thought it was a good short match. Uh, when it went so quickly, you kind of figured something was going to happen. And that's when Conan came out. And, you know, early in the day, uh, everybody figured out that the Young Bucks were in Mexico. So, you know, it was pretty much not that big of a surprise. Um, and then when the lights, they did the whole spot where they turn off the lights and turn them on and then it's the Young Bucks. I, like I said, I said it on Lucha Talk. I thought, honestly, I think that, that I don't mind that lights off, light, lights on, lights off gimmick. But I think there's certain points where you should just have guys do run-ins and just attack guys and start like, that should be like the start of it. Started kind of hot. And I think that would have worked more here. Although, you know, it's, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't what they were planning to do anyway. So, um, so then the lights turn back on with Conan and who is it? It's the Young Bucks and they super kick Conan. <laughs> Later on, he celebrates with the Young Bucks, which is, you know, it's a swerve, I guess. But, um, you know, and then everybody got worked up about this. I thought it was a good, um, good brief m- main event, mini second half of the main, main event, you know, feature or whatever you want to call it. And um, I thought that was fine. Um, I think a lot of people kind of took it a little more, um, made a bigger deal about it. First of all, um, the Young Bucks didn't get a reaction from that crowd. And, you know, 
I think a lot of people, like, they wanted an explanation why they didn't get it. It could be anything. I mean, I think a lot of the fans were kind of tired. Um, you know, you're there for, like, three hours, and they were, I think after the Psycho Clown, the, the cage match, they were very loud during the, the cage match for Psycho Clown. So, you know, there, there wasn't as much of a reaction during the, even the even the Ray the Reyes match. But um, also, the crowd didn't really know the Young Bucks. This is This is more... AAA crowds, the people that attend AAA shows tend to be more about AAA and what they might know that isn't AAA is usually WWE or like older luchadors. Um, not even like the CMLL undercard guys. I'm talking about older, like Ultimo Girl, they would probably know um, Caristico, guys like that. Volador Jr., but they won't know like the like the main, like, like, like they probably wouldn't know like um, I'm trying to think, maybe I don't think they would know like Jeremiah Jr., guys like that. But they would know they would know who like Cody was because they reacted to Cody because he's a WWE guy. Um, the Young Bucks they're more of an indie tag team, so they even though they were on Impact, but that kind of tells you how big a reach Impact has. There's not this huge reach for Impact. I think when you hear like AAA fans saying they want to see Impact guys, it's usually like the guys who were in WWE. Like when they would do that, it was always like Kurt Angle, guys like that, Jeff Jarrett, people like that. Um, it wasn't like the like like oh I want to see homicide or guys like that christopher daniels you know or you know they want to see teddy jack you know guys like that aj styles you know guys like that uh, but i thought it was all right um the match it i think what people like the reaction was they took it so like negatively because it made triple a look bad but you have to remember this was more about aew than it was about triple a because this gets this gets something i don't know maybe that's just something that they're going to defend for the for the for the AEW show, the titles, maybe that's the, the going to be the thing. The Lucha Brothers trying to go back for the titles. Um, that That's the possibility. You kind of have this whole, um, you have this whole thing where it's like, you think it's going to be something else and it's not really that, but you know, you kind of want it. I think people wanted it to be more for AAA. And honestly, I think it was more about AEW. Um, I also kind of view it as this being the introduction of the Young Bucks to AAA fans. So now you kind of have, now the crowd that saw Ray, that's going to watch Ray De Reyes, now they're going to know who the Young Bucks are. So maybe this becomes the feud going forward for AAA. It's not, it wasn't about, like if they wanted the Young Bucks to be known before AAA's Ray De Reyes, they would have shown something on television. They didn't. So I think it's more likely that, that they want to use Ray De Reyes as the starting point for the fans to understand who, to know who the, the young bucks are and the fact that they're feuding with the lucha brothers um eh, other than that you know i i didn't really you know other than them not getting a reaction what more do you expect it's not like like i said it's not like it was they're not the you know there's certain guys that crowds are going to react we've seen lucha we've seen foreigners go to go to cmll and not get a reaction just as we've seen in triple a so it's not it's not just one promotion that ha- that happens um you know it takes a while for fans. I mean, I'm sure like um, I forgot who the, the, the some of the Ring of Honor guys that show up for um, for 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 CMLL. The first time they show up, people are like, "Man, who is this guy?" Or who they don't know who he is. Once he shows up and returns, they see what he's done. They start kind of reacting to him a little differently, and that's what I get. It's going to happen with that. So, like I said, overall, I thought it was a good show. I thought the main events were a little way better than the the CMLL main event. Um, it's it's more of a build up to something else. 
it's basically the buildup to their feud, not just, and who knows, maybe they could get some dates for the Young Bucks in, in AAA. And it's funny because everybody used to say, oh, when are we going to get the Young Bucks in Mexico? When are we, how come we don't get those type of guys? They finally get them and the first thing they do, they shit on it. So it's like, hmm, you know, what do you want? Uh, other AAA news, Dinastia won the AAA minis title at the Viva Latino Festival on Saturday. The prestigious AAA minis title that was previously held by Mini Psycho Clown or maybe Mini Murder Clown or many, maybe somebody else. And we don't know because it was very rarely defended. And But Dinastia won it. Um, I kind of have a feeling Dinastia is kind of like in the Aerostar group camp of guys who just kind of appreciate this stuff a little more. And, you know, that's what keeps them in the promotion. Um, and it's not just AAA. There's a lot of female guys like that, too. Uh, the big, you know, there was a, some big news the following week with AAA. Hijo del Fantasma, through his social media account, posted a farewell to AAA. So he's gone from AAA. He quit. Um, a lot of people are wondering where he was for Ray the Reyes. Um, I mentioned that on, on my Twitter account. And Hijo del Fantasma ended up following me on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure I'll find a, I, I'm sure I'll say something that will have me unfollowed and blocked at some point. Um, but, you know, unless he's not that sensitive. He used to be a little bit more sensitive. Now I think he's kind of like, he's kind of toned down a little bit. Um, who knows? Maybe, I don't know. Um, but, you know, there's been a lot of rumors about where, where he's going. Um, well, not so much where he's going, what's happening with AAA, because he, he he filed that lawsuit against Lucha Underground um, to get out of his contract. Um, that's kind of still, still going on. Uh, he said he was still in good terms with AAA. They didn't book him on that show. I have a feeling that he probably already knew. Where, I have a feeling he must have told AAA something or gave him a hint. And they kind of figured that they weren't going to book him any, anymore. And he's just playing it off. Um, kind of like what Garza Jr. is doing where, where Garza Jr. is teasing all these places he's going. But everybody knows he's going to go to NXT, WWE. So I think that's that's kind of what Hijo Fantasma is probably messing around with also. Um, I, don't see, I, I don't see him going to CMLL. I think everybody always does that, but I think at this point, if you're a guy who could go to WWE or go to the United States, that's basically the next spot you're going to go to. You're not going to go. Um, you're not going to do a lateral move. Go from. Although I think he would be a bigger. Uh, I think he'd have a bigger spot in CML than he did in the past, but he's not going to do that. He's not going to go from from AAA to CML. the The plan is to go elsewhere. I would think, um, but you know that that. That's something to look to to start looking at, where both him and Garza Jr. are heading. I think it's they're both going to end up in WWE. I have the feeling, um, like I like everybody knew. Like I think it was two years ago, WWE had an interest in Hijo Fantasma, and he's he's one of the guys who actually speaks English. And you know, everybody complains about how these guys don't get an opportunity and how why 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 would they go? Um, and you know, it makes sense for certain guys if you don't speak English well enough. WWE should not be your next step. Um, it should be going elsewhere. And while you're working elsewhere, take the time to learn English. If you learn it well enough, then you go to the WWE. Maybe you get more of an opportunity. Um, you sometimes it doesn't even work out that way because there's been guys who speak English that it doesn't matter. Um, Sinkara, well, Sinkara's been there and he speaks English, but you know, I think he's more of one of a guy who's kind of just content where he's at. And I don't think he was. Where he's at is actually higher profile than what he would get elsewhere. Um, so, 
you know, I think I think though I think Fantasma, Hijo Fantasma, somebody who could probably do well in WWE. Um, Garza Jr. has the look. He's a he's a good looking dude. Uh, I think his style of wrestling is something where it's like it's not totally lucha. You know what I mean? Because I think even when he was in lucha, people were criticizing him for not being good as a luchador. So uh, he might actually be a a little bit easier to like work into the 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 WWE style or whatever they're what they're trying to teach them. Um, I think this is like the last thing we're going to talk about, and that is the MDA show. Um, they actually streamed it live on YouTube through um, I, I think AYM Sports, and I saw somebody tweet it about it, but they said Maslucha instead of AYM Sports, so I couldn't find the link afterwards until Rob Viper posted it, and I was like, man, I wanted to watch it. I ended up watching the handheld versions of it that um, Estrella Ring filmed. And I thought the freelance versus um, Audaz match was awesome. Uh, I typed Aramis by mistake in, in my results. I fixed it later on. But um, freelance versus Audaz was awesome. I think, you know, I was thinking, I was watching this match. I wonder why CMLL doesn't do something like that, like once a year like a, a world a, a world war three type of concept and it's they do it with uh, mexico versus el mundo for the grand prix why not do like a a cml versus independence they have guys that they're allowed to work like la park um hijo de la park i don't know what's gonna happen with, with phoenix and um penta but they have gilbert the clan um they've used those guys in the past they use some of the older guys like nero navarro but like wouldn't it be cool to like have something where they could bring in like aramis um, freelance, um, you know, Dragon Bane, uh, Impossible, you know, the guys who might be able to get brought in from that aren't full time in in AAA. Uh, but I thought that was cool. Um, that match was really good. Uh, freelance, man, that dude. Nobody talks about him as he might be like the most underrated wrestler in the world because nobody nobody ever picks him for most underrated wrestler. Like he's not even like somebody that like. Like when if you if you were to pick best wrestlers in Mexico, he's easily one of the best wrestlers in Mexico, and he never like nobody ever brings him up in on the list for for whatever reason. Um, but he's really good. Angel de Oro beat Aramis in another good match. Um, Aramis is freaking awesome, and I thought this was a good match for Angel de Oro after that bummer of a main event. You know, Aramis did a lot of stuff to like, you know, he's a, he was way smaller than Angel de Oro. Um, but I thought that match was really good. He worked really well with him. Um, Aramis is a guy who really should be a regular in one of the promotions. But I think he's somebody that really should also try to start working on getting a visa to work outside of Mexico. and Because he's really good. I think he's awesome. Uh, the, the other match, I watched two more matches. The other good match on that was Loretto Kid versus Imposible. I think that was the main event of that, sh- of that show. But um, Loretto Kid has been awesome. Uh, you know, this has been a really good, like, 12-month run for him um, since coming back to, to AAA and, you know, working indies. Um, I think prior to that, I think the highlight of his career was like the AE, AIW podcast uh, would constantly mention the random, like they would randomly see um, Loretto Kid walking around um, the town to like, to go to the to 7-Eleven or something. But he's been really good. I don't even know if he knows that's like a, that's a story that, that everybody's more familiar with uh, about him in the United States. Um, then there was the Sobrano Jr. versus Dragon Bane match, which 
I thought it was kind of good at one point, but then like the finish was really like lame uh, with them trying to break. Um, they were doing a bunch of Canadian destroyers and reverse Frankensteiners, and then they just ended up just getting like tired. So they ended up count- losing, you know, ending in a draw via count out or not count out, but um, they couldn't get up. So it's like a double count. Uh, I thought that was lame. Um, that was kind of like more like we have no finish let's just go with this especially when you're like doing all these crazy things um, Dragon Bane did hit a I think he hit a Valiant special in this match also so you know he's on the list of guys who do that does that um, I kind of like both of them but at the same time they're not high on my list of guys that I would rank high on my list you know what I mean like they're kind of in that middle group um, Dragon Bane I think he's good but he's not you know, I there's so many other. I like Aramis, Audaz, Templario, all those guys better than him. Same thing with Sobrano Jr. And I, there, there's, I think Sobrano Jr. when he runs the ropes is cool. And there's like stuff I like that I think is cool that he does that are cool. But he's kind of tall and lanky, so some of the stuff he does sometimes it doesn't look as as good. Like especially that torneo he does. I'm not a big fan of the torneo that he does because um, it, it doesn't look like he's going that high. But it's cool, you know. But you know, to me, like. I think maybe it might be the camera work that that gets the the angle and it doesn't really work well. But that match wasn't that great. Um, but that show looks good. I'm sure like the other stuff was really good. But I only had time to watch those um, four matches. Um, yeah, Laro Kid Imposible was good. Freelance Aram, uh, Audaz was good, and Angel de Oro and Aramis was good. Um, check those out. Uh, that's about it for this week. Like I said, I think we're gonna have more on Hijo del Fantasma and Garza Jr. on the next podcast. Uh, I think by that point we'll have a better. Uh, we'll definitely have an idea where Garza Jr. will be. I would think we would know something a little more about Hijo del Fantasma, uh, especially because I think by now we should already know what's going on with um, Lucha Underground. I think it's done. Honestly, I think Lucha Underground is done. Um, if they announce anything, the fact that everybody has already quit, uh, and that would require them bringing in new people, and the first group of people they brought in were through um, with Conan involved. Um, I think that's something that we'll have to if they're if they're going to continue they're going to have to bring in Conan back again just to help with talent because um, you know if they if it's not Conan that's helping with talent they're basically just going to end up getting XWW guys um, you know somebody I'm curious about um, with Lucha Underground where's Marty the Moth that guy was freaking awesome in Lucha Underground I don't see him anywhere like you know he might be in some independent group that I don't know about but. I would think he would be doing more. I mean, I think he would be like an announced for AEW or, you know, Impact or stuff like that because that guy was really good. Um, he really, I think he was one of the guys who really benefited from um, Lucha Underground. I think there's some some guys who benefited from that. Um, there's a lot of people who kind of talk about how that made it might have been a waste of time just because of how difficult the guys have had to deal with like getting out of the contracts. But I think it helped get a lot of guys exposure. Um Without Lucha Underground, really, the Lucha Brothers, what they have, it would have been a lot more, it would have been a little bit more difficult for them to get, because I think people don't realize AAA was not really fully backing these guys, and I think that's something that's, you know, that Lucha Underground kind of, the people in charge of that kind of got behind them and got them their first first exposure, and there was other guys that got that opportunity too, so, um, but you know, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll find out about that at some point too. Um, so that's about it for this week. Um, check luchaworld.com for more updates. Uh, also check the, what else am I going to check everything? Go to luchaworld.com. Check that stuff out. Go to, um, go to my other website, retrowrestling.com. 
constantly posting reviews from old U.S. wrestling, lucha, Japanese wrestling. Um, really enjoying Florida champion championship wrestling from Florida. That's probably my favorite stuff I'm watching. That and Memphis wrestling. Um, really fun. I post. Um, I also include the video links to some of the stuff. Um, unfortunately, some of the stuff doesn't ha- is. Um, I guess because WWE owns the rights to almost to like Mid South wrestling and some of the other stuff, it gets taken down. But I try to post as much as I can. The world of sports stuff is really good as well. So just check that stuff out on RetroWrestling.com. Um, check out the Patreon page as well. I think the next thing is going to be the Blue Panther um, pay, uh, podcast for Lucha Classica. Um, I should be doing that next week and posting that. So other than that, that's it. And we will talk to you guys again soon.